Well, today we're beginning a new sermon series. It's exciting. Um, new series always feels fresh. And, and this is a series, it's a, a bit different to some of the other series we do. It's not just a series about uh, following through a book of the Bible. We're, we're going to do something topical. And the topic that I've been working on is the topic of emotions. What does it mean for us to be people with emotions? And more importantly, what does it mean for us to be Christians, followers of Jesus with emotions? We all feel things, have feelings. What does it look like for us to have faithful feelings? And so uh, to get us started, I want you you to think about this question very quickly, or two questions actually. Number one, what is your favourite emotion? Have a, have a moment, think about it, and maybe share with the person who's sitting next to you or behind you or close to you, what is your favourite emotion? Have a think. And then you also think about what emotion or which emotion do you experience most often? Have a think. I'll give you a moment to, to think and chat. What's your favourite emotion? What emotion do you experience most often? Okay, don't, don't tell me, tell the person next to you. Okay. Did anyone choose fear as their favourite emotion? No, I didn't think so. Didn't think so. There's positive and negative emotions, isn't there? And we, we generally tend to favour the positive ones. Um, there's different types, and we'll talk more about that over the time. Maybe you preferred the, the feeling, the emotion of happiness, Maybe you, your favourite was the kind of the surprise, uh, that you, the, that positive surprise you get. Um, maybe it's something just the serenity, that kind of peaceful reflectiveness that you like. I don't know what it is. Uh, having thought about those questions and, and chatted about them, here's another question I want you to think about just for, just for you. You don't have to talk about with the person next to you. How would you rate yourself from zero to 10 on how strongly do you experience emotions? Do you experience emotions strongly? Or do you think you're kind of middle of the road? Do you think maybe you're a bit less emotionally vibrant than other people? I don't know, have a think about it in your head. How strongly do you experience emotion? And also, how much, rate on the same thing in your head, zero to ten, how expressive of emotion are you? Because it's not always the same, is it? (laughs) How strongly you experience emotions doesn't always correspond to how expressive you are about emotions. Where would you rate yourself? Are you super expressive up the top? Are you more contained? See, I would think of myself, I think I experience emotions fairly strongly. I would, I would say I'm not, I wouldn't put myself falling off the edge of the chart, but maybe seven, I experience emotions strongly. But I think that I express them much less than I experience them. Certainly, my default response when Kaz asks me how I'm feeling is tired, which isn't an emotion. <laughs> I don't think that's a bit of a cheat. Uh, because I'm just not naturally as, as expressive. And our personalities are different, aren't they? 
We feel things differently and we express things differently. That's part of the difference of who we are. Uh, There's some skills involved. It's not just personality. Some of it's learned. But today we're, we're getting into our series, starting in emotions, and we want to think about what does it mean for us to have faithful feelings? We read earlier, we sang earlier, that Jesus calls us to love God with all our heart and mind and soul and strength, without the totality of our being, with all of who we are. And that includes our emotions, doesn't it? We ought to be serving God, loving God, praising God, worshipping God with all of who we are, including our emotions. And so it's good for us to think about how do we do that well? How do we do that properly? And to do that today and throughout this series, I've turned to the most emotional book of the Bible, the Psalms. And today we're going to start in what I think is the most emotional chapter of the Bible. The, the chapter that has, that's just oozing with, it's dripping with emotion. It's also the longest chapter. Psalm 119. And if you have spent much time reading Psalm 119, you will notice very quickly that the main topic of this psalm, the main focus is God's word, God's law. So you think that's a bit strange, isn't it? Someone who's writing about law, about commandments, statutes, precepts, decrees, instruction, why is that so emotional? <laughs> well, that's what we're going to dig into today. If, uh, if you have a Bible in front of you, especially today, I'd love you to open to Psalm 119 because I'm not going to read the whole thing out and I'm not going to put all the verses up on the screen. So it'd be great if you can have it in front of you and be able to refer to it. If you were a kid, I don't want you to look it up because I want you to come down the front and get one of these ones I've prepared earlier for you that I've printed out, you can tell it's a long psalm because it goes across four pages, double column. It's long. Okay, so here's one for you, Ezekiel. Also, you're going to grab yourself a couple of texters from that box. Okay. Uh, just on that front pew, because I've got some jobs I want you to do to help you think about this psalm and its emotion, the content. Now, this is a psalm, as I said, it's about God's word. And if you want to sum it up in one, one sentence, it'd be something like this. Your word, Lord, is awesome. That's the sentiment of the whole psalm. This, the person who wrote it, we had, they haven't given us a tag to tell us who they are, but they are so excited about God's word. They love God's word. Why is this such an emotional topic? That's because God's word is the conduit of the relationship that the psalmist has with God. As he's so excited about God's word, it's not because he just loves rules that he's excited about the commandments. It's because they're God's commandments that he's excited. It's because as he reads 
God's instructions, he gets to know what God is like, what God desires. Now, I'm going to start getting into it, but if you're, your kids are back in your seats now, first job I want you to do is to go through the psalm and using one colour, kind of highlight everywhere that it mentions the heart. Heart. There's a lot. Every time it's heart, do a uh, highlight of it. And then after that, you can count up how many times does it mention heart. It's a lot. Uh, 119, verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Verse 10. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commandments. Verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 30, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. The psalmist is directing his heart. He's expressing what's in his heart. He's sharing the desires of his heart that is bound up in God's word and who God is. Verse 80, may I wholeheartedly follow your decrees that I may not be put to shame. Now, we in our society, the heart is a kind of, uh, it's just like it becomes an emoji, doesn't it? The, the icon that represents emotion. Heart is a shorthand for saying emotion. Uh, in the Bible, it's not quite as simple as that. Uh, when we talk, when we read about the heart in the Bible, it's, it's talking about a whole lot of different things. And in different contexts, it means different things. But, but the idea behind it isn't just tied up with emotions, as we tend to kind of think. There's the mind that thinks, and there's the heart that feels. Uh, that's not the way the ancient writers thought about it. The heart was thought about is, is in the centre of the person. We still use it, the heart of the matter. It's what's at the, the bottom of it. That's the kind of, that's, that's the basis of the idea. It's the foundation of the inner person. Right at the core, what's going on. And so that incorporates feelings and thoughts and decisions. It incorporates our will, our appetites. It kind of binds up all these things together and can refer to all of them. Our judgments, our imaginations, our beliefs, they all in some ways stem from our heart. And so when the psalmist is talking repeatedly about our heart or about his heart, his heart being directed towards God's law, about wanting to follow God wholeheartedly. He's expressing this sense of he wants his entire person from the core, from the inside out, to be subjected to God, to be worshipping God, to be honouring God. And a key part of this is emotions. The psalm is a song, it's poetry, it's is good at stirring up emotions. I'm a former math teacher. Uh, probably not normally the way I speak in so kind of emotional terms. I don't usually speak in poetry. Uh, but songs are really good for that, aren't they? 
Sometimes it's, it's just the words that are mentioned, the vocabulary that keys us into the emotion that's going on. And sometimes it's just the way that it's phrased, isn't it? Uh, verse four, uh, sorry, verse five says, oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. There's no word there that says emotion, is there? But you can see that the psalmist is experiencing emotion. He's expressing an emotion. What is it? Well, maybe it's a frustration that he's not living up to God's standard. Maybe it's disappointment. But there's this, there's this yearning, there's this emotional content to it that he's seeking to be more faithful to God. As we read through this psalm, as we get the psalmist's poetic descriptions of how he feels about God's law and by extension how he feels, how he's responding to God. And what we see is that emotions are central. They're inseparable from his experience of God. To be someone who follows God is to be someone who experiences emotions in that relationship and who expresses emotions. Emotions aren't always bad. Uh, a number of years ago, I was a young man and I was with my friend and his dad and I can't remember the exact context of what was going on. But uh, my friend's dad, who's a very intelligent guy, he, he said quite perceptively something he said about me, I don't think Toby has ever or would ever do anything dispassionately. And it's a phrase that stuck with me. And at the time, I thought, yep, I know what he's saying. My first reaction, he means I don't do anything half-heartedly. I don't do anything unenthusiastically. And there's kind of some truth that fits pretty well, I think. I jump in fully and go for it. And then as I reflected on a bit more, I think, hang on, hang on. Maybe, maybe he's being kind of subtly not a rebuke but it's a subtle uh, implication that I can't separate my critical thinking from my emotions I can't if I don't never do anything dispassionately what does it mean that you never abstract yourself and can think clearly and rationally without being influenced by emotions and passion and so <clears throat> over time I thought about this and maybe he was it was a kind of subtle critique about me that I wasn't able to judge rationally without having that emotional input and I thought oh. and as I thought about this more and as I've worked out actually should I be trying to separate out my thinking my mind from my emotion. Is that right as a person to kind of be able to deconstruct myself and hold these two things separate that are both essential parts of who I am? Uh, I've thought about that more and more. And sometimes I think I've got work to do to be able to think better, to be able to think more coolly without being affected by passions sometimes I think sometimes I 
come to the conclusion, no, actually what I need is to think not without emotion but with the right emotion, isn't it? Emotions can be misleading. But to have no emotion or to act as if I have no emotion, that that leads to problems as well. So I've wrestled with this a bit about myself in life in general. Um, But what we see here in this psalm is the writer who sees himself under God as an emotional person, as a person with emotions, as a person who expresses emotions. There's no question to him that emotions have a place to play in our relationship with God. In fact, he critiques other people who don't have the same emotional uh, inclination or have a failed emotion. Verse 70, he writes this about the arrogant. Their hearts are callous and unfeeling. But I delight in your law. There's a contrast between someone who's hardened themselves towards emotions to the one who delights in God's law and in being God's person. If you make yourself insensitive to feelings, to emotions, that carries out into the way you act and the way you relate. It's problematic. So as we read read bits and pieces of this, and as I said, I'm not reading all of it, and it would be a fantastic thing for you to do later today, is to just go home and read through and notice all the occurrences of these things all the times it talks about his heart being involved, all the times it mentions different emotions. Uh, But as we do, we see that our relationship to God cannot be removed from our emotional experience of life and God. Now, what what types of emotions does he deal with here? There's a whole range. Emotions are complex, aren't they? There's, There's positive emotions and negative emotions, as I said before. Here's a small list of emotions, uh, there's so many you could write down if you just wanted to think and go through a thesaurus of the words we have to express different emotions and the fine shades of meaning between them. Uh, But there's positive and negative and there's usually kind of five or six core emotions that others are kind of like mixtures of. Uh, There's the happiness, joy emotion, very positive. There's a kind of peace or tranquility emotion. There's a surprise aspect of emotion when there's an unexpectedness that comes in. And there's negative emotions of fear, of sadness, and of anger. Uh, Most people that try and describe them kind of categorise them under some some sort of headings like these and then you mix them together and you get more complicated expressions of them. And what we see here in, in the psalm is that the psalmist experiences the whole gamut 
of emotions. And they are all some part of his life and in some way are brought into his relationship with God. And that's good. Uh, let me quickly just take you through a few. Uh, firstly, some negative ones. We saw his disappointment slash frustration at his inability to keep God's law earlier. Uh, we also see shame mentioned quite a few times. Uh, for instance, verse 31, I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. There's an emotion of embarrassment. Shame, particularly in relationships before other people that he's conscious of, that he wants to avoid if he can. In verse 39, he talks about dread, about fear. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. He talks also about fear in terms of God, all right, verse 63, I am a friend to all those who fear you and to all who follow your precepts. That fear, well, it's not totally an emotion. There's other aspects to it as well. But it is something that we experience before God, isn't it? God is someone to be feared. In fact, in, later on in verse 120, he, he mentions the way this fear affects him. My flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws. When we recognize the reality of who God is, there is a dynamic of fear. Notice also how he mentions here, my flesh trembles in fear of you. This is something we'll see, come back to later uh, in future weeks. But our emotions are connected to our body. It's not just purely something that happens on the inside. We experience emotions in our body. His, his flesh trembles, he says. Uh, he's going to say again later that his, uh, verse 136, streams of tears flow from my eyes because your law is not obeyed. That's a physical expression of an emotion, isn't it? The grief he's experiencing, the sorrow that God is not followed and respected. Sadness. Uh, to God, so uh, there's a bodily connection. We're, we're, we're just noticing some of the, the range of emotions here. Uh, he also experiences from God in this relationship comfort. Verse 50, my comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. In 104, he mentions his hatred. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Hate. Uh, sometimes it's just about decision-making. Uh, we choose one and not the other. But sometimes there's a, there is a dynamic of how we feel about things, isn't, it? isn't there? We hate things. Righto. Uh, kids, how are you guys going? How many, how many, how many hearts have you found? Ten. 10, 11? Good work. What I want you to look for next is rejoice. Maybe change a different colour. Find rejoice. 
Uh, because the psalmist, although he mentions lots of these negative ones we've seen, fear, hate, dread, sorrow, shame, largely the, the psalm is dominated by positive emotion. Joy characterises his relationship with God through his word. He's excited by it. Uh, he rejoices multiple times and then even going one step beyond that, what's bigger than rejoicing, enjoying it? Well, the word he uses is delight. It's delight. Uh, verse 14, he says, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate in your precepts and consider your ways. 16, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Verse 24, your statutes are my delight. They are my counsellors. Verse 35, direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Verse 47, I delight in your commands because I love them. Overwhelmingly, despite the negative experiences he has in life, despite the negative emotions he sometimes feels, overwhelmingly, the psalmist finds his relationship with God through, through God's word positive, something in the cause of rejoicing and great delight. Now, let's think about us for a moment as we live our lives as we seek to be people who are loving God, serving him. How much do you think about your emotions as being part of that relationship? Do you think about them a lot? Or maybe not think is the wrong word, isn't it? Do you feel them a lot as part of that relationship? And what types of relationships, what types of emotions do you feel most in that relationship when you think about God following him? Do you feel emotions of shame and guilt because you haven't done what's right? Do you feel guilty because you, I didn't read my Bible today? Because I, I know I was going to, I promised God I was going to stop swearing and I just let another one out. Do you have those moments of shame? Do you experience a sorrow, a frustration because you feel like God is withholding good from you? That there's things that you really desire and would love? Aspects about how you want your life to go. But God is not bringing that about. He's not answering your prayer in that way. Is, is there sorrow? Or when you think about, reflect on your emotions for God, are they positive? Do you have joy because of who you are before God? Because of who you, he has made you to be in Jesus? Do you delight in him? 
Maybe you wouldn't express it in the same way as the psalmist. Maybe you're not the poet who would write like that. That's fine. Maybe you're not the kind of gushy person. Like me, maybe you feel things more strongly than you express them. But are they there? Are you experiencing positive? Well, whatever it is, whatever aspects you're feeling right now, and as we see through the psalm, it's not just one forever. There's lots of different aspects to it and it changes. Uh, as you experience them, uh, it's good to notice them and it's good to be able to reflect them to God. It's good to be able to pray about them and tell him how you're feeling about things. That's part of a relationship, isn't it? Sharing how you feel. Kids, how did you go with... Rejoice. Two? Really? Ah. Oh. I thought there was at least four. Oh well. How about delight? How many delights can you find? Look for delight. There's lots of that. As you think about emotions in our relationship, and we, we're going to dig down into specific ones and look at the ways they work out, and there's lots of different aspects to it we're going to come over in future weeks. I want you to be conscious of your emotion. Try and be conscious of how you're feeling about your relationship with God and try to reflect that in prayer. Asking him either to show, to change and shape your your emotions. You can pray that. Just sharing how you are feeling about things. Be honest with him. Be open like the psalmist here. It's a great model for us. Because as we, as we understand who we are, the truth of it is, the truth of who we are as God's people is, we're in a good, good thing, aren't we? It is positive to be God's person, to be the one whom Christ has died for, to be the one who has assurance of eternal life because Christ has risen to be the one who God has chosen, to be the one who God has put his spirit in. These are wonderful things. It won't be always positive, but there should be a recurring theme of joy and delight in God, shouldn't there? We can't always change emotions by commanding them. That's not how they work. We can encourage them. We can give them airtime in our internal processes. We can fan them up or try and just try and ignore them. So how we respond to them is important. One more thing. Last thing I want to say is this psalm we remember is a song. And as we look at future psalms as a basis for thinking about our emotions, they're songs. And the reality is that songs are really helpful for our emotions, aren't they? Songs, music, connect our emotions to truths. They help us express emotions really well. Uh, Leo Tolstoy, famous author, he said this, music is the shorthand of emotion. It's wonderful for expressing and capturing emotion. And that is also a tool that you can use 
and we often use at church time. <laughs> uh, as we use, express through our bodies, connecting with music, our physical voices expressing things. Using our bodies in other ways, clapping. Even, dare I say it, raising hands. It's a physical way of expressing connection to the song that helps connect our emotion to the truths. Music is a great tool when we use it well for our emotions as Christians. Let me finish with this, uh, this, this verses. I remember, Lord, your ancient laws, verse 52, and I find comfort in them. 54, your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. 58, I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. Let me pray. Great God, we thank you for creating us as human beings, as you have, who think and decide and also feel. Please help us to grow as people with emotions, understand emotions better, and to be better able to use them, to direct them, to learn from them, to express them for your glory. We pray this for us as people and especially for us as a church. Please help us to have faithful feelings. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.